Hello everyone, Neil Patel here. Thank you for downloading the latest episode of the Indian Startup Show. So today I chat to Shruti Gandhi. She's the managing partner at Array Ventures. Array Ventures is a venture capital firm based in the US, which focuses on solving impactful problems using revolutionary technology. Sounds really cool. So in this episode, we talk about her operational and investment experience, her life in Silicon Valley, uh, what she looks for when investing in startups and what first time founders should be focusing on. We also talk about machine learning as well. So please enjoy the show. Thank you. Hello, Shruti. Uh, thanks for coming on the Indian Startup Show today. Uh, thanks for having me. Brilliant. Uh, tell me a little bit about yourself and what you do, please. I run an investment fund, Array Ventures, mostly in invest in enterprise, deep tech, which consists of AI, machine learning, analytics, data-driven companies. Okay, cool. And I've been doing this for, uh, I've been investing for over uh, five years and I started my fund about a, a year ago. And can you share some stats? I mean, how many companies have you invested in and uh, you know, how, how's it going so far? Yeah, I've invested in 12 companies um, in the last year um, and the companies have been doing pretty awesome. They, three of them have raised a follow-on funding um, and most of the companies are in the enterprise space, as I said. So they are getting some really good traction, um, revenues, numbers, all, all doing really awesome, actually. So let's talk about startups then. I mean, what specifically do you look for in a startup? It's a broad question. Um, but in terms of what do I look for, it's usually the team or, and the problem they're solving. Mm -hmm. um, to take it on little bit deeper to that question uh, the team people always say team it's obviously uh, you want to know the softer skills like you know will they um how driven will they be will they um continue to drive under pressure can they fundraise are they sales or do they have the right background um and that's when it gets into a second category which is do they have the right background for the problem they're trying to solve um, and so for me, those are the two important things I look for. Excellent. You mentioned machine learning earlier. Uh, just for those listeners who don't know what that is, what, what specifically is machine learning in, in simple terms? Yeah, in simple terms, it's um, getting a series of data mm -hmm. from a, a company and making sense of that data by predicting and creating patterns mm -hmm. um, based on what you know. So predicting future in some ways based on the past patterns you already have. And that in in more contextual way, um, it's used, for example, um, in your Google searches okay. or things like that, right? When you search for a particular image, um, it knows based on context of people searching for similar images, uh, what you might be looking for. So if you're looking for Apple, um, it shows you, Apple phone, if you if uh -huh. that's your background and search history and so forth, versus um, Apple the fruit. And so that's just a simple example of uh, context. And there's many layers to it. But that's, in, its, in essence, an application of machine learning in an industry like visual search. Excellent. Do you just uh, invest in like US-based companies or is it companies around the world or is it Indian companies? Um... We usually just invest in Indian, I mean, sorry, uh, US companies, but uh, incorporated in the U.S., but then the companies tend to be based globally. So most of my companies are based in the U.S., but also in Israel and India. 
Okay. And you, you will see a lot of pitches then. I mean, what, what specifically do you look for? You said team, but is there anything else that you specifically look for when it comes to pitching? Yeah, last year I saw 2,300 companies. Uh, <laughs> I see a lot of companies. Uh, and I made six investments last year. So that's yeah. um, the pace usually for most firms. Um, well, so what particularly I'm looking for? I mean, team is definitely one, what problem they're solving, um, their backgrounds, where they're coming from, um, and and then the need is a, a real pain point, you know. Um, the industry, whatever they're trying to disrupt, it, you know, in VC terms, people always refer to it as a vitamin versus an Advil mm-hmm. um, for the Indian market. And Advil might be like a kerosene, I don't know. <laughs> um, so it's vitamin is more good to have. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to be sick tomorrow. Um, if I don't, if I don't take it, but if you're sick, um, Advil or a kerosene or whatever will, will really, uh, cure you. So it's a real pain point or not, you know? Um, and that's the big thing that I look for. Um, so that's my whole thesis around investing is, um, there was a whole flow of companies that went to the web um, and now they're just beginning to get data. Mm-hmm. And so that data is now just beginning to create some sort of patterns and meaning. Um, it's Most companies have accumulated enough data that you can do something to that. And that's why machine learning is now big and born today. Are you based in Silicon Valley? I'm based in uh, San Francisco. So yeah, and uh, not too far from Silicon Valley. So right here. Excellent. So what what is Silicon Valley really like then? Obviously, we read, read the newspapers and watch TV. I mean, what, from your perspective, what's it really like? Um, Silicon Valley. You watch the show? Yeah, on HBO. It's, yeah, it's exactly that. Actually, oh, okay. Right. Okay. it's uh, <laughs> unreal the amount of times people uh, in my industry here kind of talk about the show and get like a heartburn just by like talking about it because it's pretty real. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> But despite all that, all that in terms of, you know, like the energy is just different. Like you go to a cafe mm-hmm. and everyone's talking about, um, you know, the valuations or the next deal or their next secret idea or, you know, uh, people, founders go like, oh, yeah, my company was born at this other coffee shop and this mm-hmm. Sam or tea house is where we sat all day long building this. And so... It's pretty vibrant in the tech scene. If you're not in the tech world, it might feel uh, very, you might feel like out of place in some ways. It's like if you were in New York and not in banking, um, similar vibe. But yeah, that's that's what Silicon Valley is like. And it's pretty, it's nice, it's beautiful weather and lots of outdoor things to do. Uh, if that if that concerns this audience at all. <laughs> <laughs> what, who's the most interesting person you've met then? In Silicon Valley? Yeah. Wow, um, that's a tough question because the th- the joke here is uh, it's so hard and and very unaffordable to live here that the uninteresting people leave. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I I got to I mean through my profession I get to meet a lot of awesome people. I meet founders of big VC firms. I've met uh, Doug Leone from Sequoia or Bill Draper. Um, you know, the father of VC in some ways. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think they're all interesting people. Like Bill Draper started investing in India, I don't even know, like 30, 40 years ago before it was a, you know, it was a, a thing. Um, 
yeah, I meet a lot of amazing people. I mean, I pinch myself sometimes because uh, this is my job to meet awesome people, smart, awesome people, and and then to to, see, to find ways to work with them. So you say you've seen a lot of startups. How do you deal with like fear of missing out, you know, FOMO? <laughs> you can't have that. I mean, it's you you just have to prioritize what your your goals are. Um, otherwise, you'd be at a networking event, frankly, every day, every second. Um, like just last night, I was at an event for a VC firm, and then um, someone and someone was like, "Oh yeah," and there was an Andreessen event, and there was a Sedan event, and this event, and that event, and like, yeah, there is at a given point, you personally are invited to, you know, two, three, four, five events, and if it's popular times like holiday parties are coming up in December, um, the Oktoberfest parties were not too long ago, the beginning of the summer parties. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's when everyone throws parties. Um, and you could just be like partying it up. And if you're homeless, I guess you could just crash these parties. <laughs> but in all seriousness, I think you have to figure out what your agenda is. You could just keep meeting the same people every day um, at all these events. And really not get any work done. Uh, so you have to figure out, uh, in some ways, that is work, right? I mean, they're parties, but they're, that is work. It's work events. But even then, you could just be like hopping from one event to the other at the Rosewood or at, at the, you know, events in, somewhere in San Francisco at the MoMA, whatever. Um, yeah, so you have to really prioritize. I tend to just do topical events. Uh, so I personally run events and uh, and I do events like, the CTO dinners or the CMO dinners or the AI machine learning dinner. Um, and to me, bringing the right set of folks in one room to advance the thinking of the space, whichever this, what the space might be, we're talking about is more important to me um, than, you know, just a broad based outreach. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm an engineer. So to me, I've always built companies within companies. Um, at IBM, I was uh, part of the uh, group that was that was run like research, and we worked on instant messaging, location-based services, voice over IP. This was the same group that hosted IBM, I mean, Olympics' first web page in, in the 90s and still hosts uh, the, o- the U.S. Open and things like that. So that group, um, we invented a lot of things, and and if they were successful, they would end up being part of the bigger product groups at IBM. And that's where one of the products I was working on, instant messaging, became Lotus, uh, Lotus's chat client, which is a which makes a company millions of dollars. So that's a pretty successful outcome um, just in, in terms of an internal startup kind of a story. And then I ended up starting an internal incubator for IBM where we ended up taking similar kind of people, like people who would be building things in their own time for fun. And if they got enough traction would be part of other business groups like WebSphere, Lotus, Tivoli. So that um, gave me a good foundation of, uh, you know, just building things from scratch and then commercializing them. Um, I left that to start a company in the social big data world uh, after my master's thesis in that space. And it was, how do you, this is 2009, 10 timeframe. When um, you leave, uh, when you when I predicted that we're going to have a lot of friends on social, on the social worlds, uh, like LinkedIn, Facebook, so forth, and 
it will be very hard for us to keep in touch with what Dunbar number was popular for, which is 150 people. So it will be very hard to keep in touch with more than 150 people. So what do we need in order for us to help us make better, you know, networking tools? So that was my company. And this is why, you know, um, it was a big data problem because you sift through all your unstructured data, like email, messaging, calls, LinkedIn, all the social networks, uh, like LinkedIn and, and Facebook and so forth. So that's uh, that was a company. And um, it was wrong timing, wrong market, many other wrong things that I could have done. Um, as they say, there's only like one thing that needs to go right in a startup. <laughs> and everything else will just is set against you and you'll fail. <laughs> that was uh, that was a company that I, I started. Excellent. So you've done a lot in your career. I mean, what's been the highlight so far? <laughs> um, I love what I do right now. Frankly, I get to work with the smartest people and I get to learn how, you know, how dumb I am <laughs> in a way where I get to, you know, in some ways, um, you know, there is many things the founders come uh, prepared with. Technically, especially, they're amazing. I mean, people who've built, uh, you know, products that you use every day um, on, you know, on Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter and wherever. But then um, they're, you know, they're maybe not uh, that savvy with uh, customer development, maybe not that well, worst with pricing, how do you price the product? So that's where I come in and help them um, think through the customer development piece. And then um, the, how do you price your product? How do you go to market without, um, you know, spending months and months and months on a customer, which can be an issue, right? In an enterprise sales cycle, like you could just keep waiting for like years before you can get a contract with anyone. So that's my... uh, value add, if I may, uh, you know, um, I position it that way. It's where founders, like smart founders, technically smart founders know what they're doing technically, but then making money uh, requires a lot of, um, you know, um, handheld, like support and network and so forth. So I usually let them build product and then, um, you know, help them figure out how they're going to make money. So are you, are you having fun with this then? Is it, is it fun? Because obviously most startups you know, do fail, even the funded ones. Was <laughs> it all business? The, yeah, the, what, the number here is like one out of 10 may succeed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, may succeed. <laughs> um, and, and when I say one out of 10, I mean in a portfolio of a VC. So VC numbers, not like any startups. Yeah, I'm having an amazing time. As I said, um, I have to pinch myself to see like, this is my job to be uh, working with some of the smartest people to solve some of the most technically challenging problems that if we do solve, um, to me, it's, uh, this is how I look at it. If we do solve these problems, is that the world I want to live in? And so that's what I fund. Um, And so to me, uh, yeah, I really want some of the biggest problems to be solved um, in you know better agriculture process, better water management, better trash resource management, things that are really going to uplift the standard of living for many many people around the world, uh, mm-hmm. if done right. Um, and then once you do that, 
um, saving costs around that, um, you know, making use efficiently using those capital and dollars spent to um, then freeing up their resources. Again, you can do all that by using machine learning analytics. And that's, you know, that's what I invest in. So once you do that, um, I would love to live in a clean, healthy, you know, fresh water, you know, water where I can, I don't have to worry about what's in my water kinds of things world. Um, and then we're growing in population um, and we, you know, hope everyone has uh, the right food and fresh, healthy food to eat. Um, so that's, that's the kind of world like I like to live in. And that's the kind of investments I make, mm-hmm. um, especially if they're tech enabled. Excellent. Uh, what's like the best startup you've come across? Uh, you can't ask someone to pick the best of their babies. <laughs> but I but I do have um, companies that are in various verticals that help uh, with fraud detection. Um, you know, so like, like how do you avoid credit card fraud or um, fraud with like online campaign, like a marketplace campaign or any of that stuff. Um, it's companies like that. So that's a, that's a company called Simility or a company... I like uh, that helps with visual search um, uh-huh. and uh, making sure that you don't waste too much time looking for like that beautiful red dress you're looking for. And that's a company called View AI. It's based in um, in India, actually, or a company, uh, you know, that helps with your community management. Um, and like, so the modern, the enterprise version of like Google groups. Um, yeah. So I, every baby of mine, like company that helps with events, um, so I, I, I invest in a variety of sectors um, and I, I like them all. Otherwise, I wouldn't have invested in them. <laughs> so what about like gut instinct then? Or is, does that still play a part in whether you invest into invest in a company? Yeah, it does. I mean, that's, I mean, that's the common. So there's a thought. People talk about many words here in terms of investing in science and mm. pattern recognition and gut and inst- yeah. So it's. And then there's like a new wave of investors trying to bring data into the picture. But then there are still people who go like, gut is important, right? Like if you feel, um, you talk to investors often and they go like a couple years after in, in making an investment, they go, I knew this, right? Like you just wanted to rationalize a decision with whatever else. Um, and it's the hard part because there have been many uh in, you know, so the, the the thing is like you can come across many companies and that's what people here call sourcing. Um, so sourcing is one aspect of investing, but then picking is more important too. Like the number of times people in early days passed on Airbnb or Uber, um, you know, there are a lot of people who saw those companies, but how many people actually picked those companies um, in their portfolio? So gut instinct plays. I mean, there are people who invested because they knew the guy, they knew Travis or whatever from the previous company. And then there's some people who couldn't get comfortable with it. So there is there is a big element of gut, but um, there's, also, there's also like the data-driven approach to like at least have few things, like basic things in your house in order. Gut comes around like, I don't know why, but... The numbers tell me the numbers that they're right now um, and the entrepreneurs putting out there, the company's going growing at like 20%, but I think it's going to be growing at 40%. Um, but there's no, but there's no enough data right now that 
you can use to prove that. Um, and, and then markets change, world changes, and that can happen two, three years on the road. Or something about the founder, right? Like there's things like, I don't know why, um, I just love the founder's hustle or how genuine they are or how um, they are, you know, going to work hard to make sure that um, the company succeeds and they do good by everyone. Those are the kinds of things that the gut really helps you see and think through. But you still have to do the other other basic diligence and things that you do, which you can't ignore. Last two questions. Uh, what's the one thing you want people to know about building a startup? Huh, yeah. One thing is nothing you ever planned for it to go a certain way will go that way. Um, and you need perseverance. Um, and there's like all these fancy words for what people call now like pivots and so forth. Um, in simple words, pivots happen just because things didn't work out and you still owe, you have a fiduciary responsibility to do something to return that capital. And, um, you know, if you see something that you don't think is a big market or is not going to return that capital sooner, then you pivot to kind of work hard to make that company work some, some way, some, some other way. And um, this can happen many times from day one of you thinking about this, about investing to actually um, even breaking through and making a name. Forget success. It's even just kind of like seeing some traction. That's even that time frame can be long. And then once you have that kind of product market fit and indications of success, now convincing 10 customers, 100 customers, getting from like $10 in revenue to a million to 100 million, all is really hard. And in the meantime, things can happen. Uh, families, things can happen at home, off, you know, your best employees can leave and, and so many things can happen. And so perseverance is very important. Um, for a founder to really make something work. Not every story is like the best uh, startup story where everything like you IPO in five years, like Square or something. So that's, yeah, that's something I would say, like uh, you have to go with eyes wide open, knowing that's that's your journey and just and just hustle through. And what would uh, first time founders be focusing on? I mean, it's hard to say if it's a consumer or an enterprise company, but on the, on the enterprise side, just, fo- just focus on customers and revenue. Um, end of the day, if you are getting enough people wanting your product, then everything else doesn't matter. Um, obviously, when I say everything else, I mean like, uh, then it has to be around um, like how fast are you growing and then how much do you want to raise and, and all, all those other things kind of metrics and all those things that people talk about is a different story. But everything else, when I say is, yeah, go with your gut at that point. And, and continue to deliver. And if you're getting money in the bank from the customers, that's the most important metric to go by and build your product for. Excellent. Last question. If people want more information on you and Array.vc, uh, what must they do? Um, they can follow me on Twitter at, um, it's at Twitter, AT, uh, sorry, it's at Shruti. So it's A-T-S-H-R-U-T-I. Um, and then th- I'm usually pretty active there and very responsive there. Brilliant. Thanks for coming on the show today, Shruti. Thanks so much, Neil. Really appreciate it. Have a great weekend and good luck. You too. Thanks. Excellent. Bye. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>
Thanks to Shruti for coming on the show today. For more information, go to www.array.vc. Thanks for listening and subscribing. Thanks for supporting the podcast, and I shall be back next week. If you have any feedback on the show or want to come on the show, please send me an email, hello at neilpatel.co, or tweet at Indian Startup SH, or you can go to facebook.com forward slash Indian Startup Show. We'd love to connect. Thank you, and goodbye.